I'm Kat. And I'm Annie. And this is Dear Diary. A podcast where two cousins read their middle school and high school journals out loud to each other, do a little bit of magic, and talk about shit. A lot of shit. If you are a first-time listener to Dear Diary, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to check us out and what we do. Um, as you can probably tell, the audio quality on these podcasts is um, not always the fanciest. Annie and I are brand new to podcasting and have basically no budget to speak of. Um, so. We are working with zero mics right now, and we are doing this through FaceTime because she lives in Texas and I live in Pennsylvania. So we are open to suggestions and comments on how we can improve the quality of this podcast for you guys. We're still learning. We're brand new to this, but we're excited to see where this can go in the future if you'd like to keep up with us and follow when the next episodes are going to be um, see the tarot cards that we talk about maybe even some of our journal entries as well as other exciting things that we talk about on the podcast or just cool stuff that we want to share with you you can follow us at dear.diarypodcast on instagram so yeah i hope that you will take advantage of that resource and we are so happy that you're here and we look forward to doing more exciting stuff for you thanks so much for listening this is dear diary Coming to you from Late Night Show, I wish. But anyway, I'm Kat. I'm Annie. And this is Dear Diary, episode three. Three? Yeah. And your turn to share some of your diary. (laughs) So a reminder for those of you that are coming back or our new listeners, Annie and I are cousins and we take turns on every episode reading... An unedited, totally raw, probably poorly spelled diary Defer- entry. Definitely poorly spelled. Definitely poorly spelled. Uh, diary <laughs> diary entry from, it could be from anywhere from like middle school, high school, college, whatever. We just kind of pick one and go. And lately our theme has been shame and how it manifests in different ways in our lives and how we have or haven't handled it mostly haven't handled it um so i am going to find it on my phone really quickly but while i do my cat just totally fell off the desk that was hilarious anyway um your entries on your phone yes i screenshotted it what uh yeah what time period is it from that sounds i love it we sound like we're archaeologists or something i excavated this um okay so this journal from what i'm looking at this has to be middle school late middle school i would i was probably 11 or 12 and yeah my handwriting pretty much looks the same and i'm now 26 so that's great but here we go i am just gonna read it and yep. off we go. So, this is my intro. Oh my god, my cat just walked on my iPad. <laughs> Hold on. Bee. I have a cat named, uh, well, I call her B. B for bitch. I'm just kidding. That's not her name, but she can't be one. All right. She is kind of nosy. Cats are nosy. I'm, I'm, my name's Cat, and I'm the nosiest of all. So, all right, here we go. I want to, with the number two, by the way, I want to. Get married to a Christian man close to my age. 
He must love the Lord with all his heart and love me too. Smiley. I'm so glad I considered that as an option. I'd like him to be kind, generous, serving. Serving what? Mac and cheese probably. Loyal, hard worker, funny, patient, forgiving, and handsome. He must be taller than me with blue or brown eyes, and I'd like him to have brown hair, I think. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> I'd like lots of children, a house like the, um, I'm not going to say their name for privacy purposes, but a family friend of mine. I wanted a house just like theirs, except I would like to have a cozy Victorian turret tower to have my library in. Uh, that has not changed, I will say. I would love a Sheltie, Scotty, and a Golden Retriever for dogs. One cat. I nailed the one cat thing. It would be nice to work at a nice barn. I horseback rode, so that's what that means. Or have a little one of my own for a horse. Before I was married... I would give lessons, maybe share writing lessons for clarification, maybe share before a house. You were married. Yes, before. Yeah, this is where it gets real good. Before I was married, I would give lessons, maybe have a house with Jen or Kate. Those are my two best friends. After I got married, I would still teach maybe, but not let it get in the way of my husband, home and children. Wait, what? I'm going to read that one more time. I would yeah. still teach, maybe, but not let it get in the way of my husband, home, and children, in that order, specifically. I'd also write books on the side. I also want oh. seven kids. That was a later entry, different ink, I guess I decided. Seven kids? Seven. So, that is the end of the entry. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there. Um, it's a very thorough list. What do you remember by any chance? Do you remember what prompted you to write that list? Yes. Um, so as I've referenced in my first episode that we talked where I read a journal entry, it was about this, me and this guy that I liked. Um, I grew up in a very religious, um, basically cult. Um, and one of they really pushed purity culture. It really pushed um, being sheltered and being a homemaker and all these kinds of things. So all that to say that by the time I hit middle school, all of – I don't know what it was like for the guys. But for the girls, our parents started impressing on us the importance of being – growing up to become these modest, dutiful young women that took care of a home, that took care of their husbands and children. And we were expected to make lists and figure out – or well, not even figure oh. out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like once you got – okay, so this is a weird ritual thing. I, it's funny because people – So you weren't supposed to talk about your crushes. Right, but you could know what you wanted in your future husband. But you could map out like the ideal hypothetical. Right, which is how we kind of all use that as a loophole. Yeah. So, like, all of us at that age would be like, well, you know, so-and-so has some of those things. But this is, so there's rules that go, there's rules that go with this. Now, my my parents, which I've mentioned before, they kind of did some of these things. And then other things I just did on my own because I was homeschooled in this church. And these kids were my only social outlet and they were clueless. But there was a very, so once you hit about mm, 12, 13, there was a specific kind of, ceremony almost that you went through where each girl would go to, they were expected to write down a list like I did of what they were looking for in their future husband no matter how big or small whatever the desires were you're supposed to write them down then you were supposed to give them to your dad and they you guys would go over it together because your dad is the head of the wait, home. wait repeat that last thing because you froze first oh sure sorry so we're doing this through FaceTime y'all so sorry about that um I said that after you wrote your list you were supposed to give it to your dad what? Mm -hmm. Because your dad, this is a very patriarchal society as a whole, but in Christian circle, evangelical Christian conservative circles like this, your dad is the be all and end all. And he is basically the voice piece for God in every aspect of your life. Calls all the so shots. Did you give your dad that list? Oh God, no. My dad, I will say this. My dad did not subscribe to a lot of that. And he probably would have been like the fuck and... <laughs> 
and maybe I you know I wish I had because maybe if I had I wouldn't be that would have maybe caused them to be like hmm, she's getting involved in some weird stuff um but all of I just my friends were telling me about it because yeah. they would read me their lists and basically they would give them to their dads and then they were supposed to go over them with their dad and their mom but mostly their dad and kind of talk through it and then the dad usually at that point this is where it gets weird they would give they would take the letter from their daughter and they would Uh safe keep it for them and they would buy them usually take them out to dinner like do some father-daughter outing and they would give them a purity ring oh yeah Isn't that creepy? The purity ring would symbolize you would put it on your left hand on your ring finger like you would a wedding ring. And it represented that you were going to stay pure and a virgin and wait for your future husband. So your friends did this like this was common. This was pretty common. Um, Sometimes it wasn't quite as fancy, but they definitely all made lists. I don't know if all of them gave them to their dads, but they, if they didn't, it was to their moms. Like they, somebody else had a, had seen it. Yeah. And, but the thing was, was so then when you were an adult and guys came around to start courting you, cause like I've mentioned before, we didn't casually date. You did serious courtship stuff, which had marriage in mind as the end goal. And you were constantly chaperoned and all this stuff very Victorian. Um, but anyway, so they would, if they started coming around, whoever had your list, um, they take out the list. Yeah. And they would literally be like, okay, does so-and-so fulfill these qualities that you wrote down when you were 12 and don't know <laughs> shit? Cause you haven't been out in the world. You don't know what the fuck you want. Like you don't oh, know, wow. but we were taught that trying people on for size and going out right. and dating you was lose wrong. Pieces of yourself. Yes, you lose pieces of your heart. You become yeah. You get involved in sexual immorality. You yeah. I mean, it's all this stuff. And so yeah, we and it's so, like when I was twelve, all I wanted to do now. was eat macaroni. Like I didn't know what I wanted in a. I still all I wanted. Yeah. Was that. <laughs> no, but reading this list now, what like what are the points? Because when you were like live in a Victorian house with a turret that's a library I'm like okay that hasn't changed no because yeah which is so funny if I read that to any of my public schooled friends right now they'd be like my god you were homeschooled okay there it is <laughs> I I'm pride myself on the fact that most people when they meet me have no clue I was homeschooled my entire life till college I'm very proud of that but okay so let me I have to pull it back up again because my retention is crap but um, like the other stuff like yeah. How long do you remember that being really important to you? That was important. Almost everything that was in that list was important to me until call my undergrad. So that was when I, I guess around the time I turned 18, like there were certain things on that list that I was starting to reject, but not mm-hmm. fully. And I didn't get in my first relationship until I was 19. I was, it was my sophomore year of college And that whole time I was really wrestling with, I'm supposed to want these things, but I don't. And the guy that I'm dating does not fulfill some of the things on this list. Plus, I was going through the whole, am I bisexual crisis? uh, Crisis. Crisis. Sound the alarms. Sound the alarms. Kat thinks she likes both. What are we going to do? So, yeah, if I look at this list, like, for instance, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, my entire childhood, it says I want all these kids. I never wanted kids, even as yeah. even as a, even kid. as a kid. I wrote that down because I was also very paranoid that my journals were going to be found by my parents because all of my other friends, like, they all have journals. To this day, we'll go through them together and read them and laugh over them and reminisce, but they had to hide them. They were very secretive, and some of them would... One of my friends literally had a secret email that only she knew about that she sent all of her stuff to because their parents would just go through all of their things all the time. So even their journals to a certain point are very censored, as is mine. Right. Um, and so, yeah. I remember censoring my journal at that age. What made you want to do that? Was it also your parents or was it more your sisters? Or what caused um, you? It was part sisters. It was part, like... If I write this down, then it's true. So yes, instead, instead I'm going to write down what I want to be true. Isn't that crazy? Like I, yeah. And that was the other thing I was like, okay, I have to want these things, 
So I'm going to write them down because maybe if I do, then I'll, I'll want them. It'll seem more real. But I never wanted, I'm an only child. I did want siblings, and a lot of my friends had a ton of siblings because they were all raised that, I mean, these were families with 10, 11, 7 kids. Like, they were raised yeah. that you were supposed to do that and kind of, you know, take over the world with Christianity or whatever. So I, and my mom wanted more kids, but she just unfortunately wasn't able to have any. So I wanted the, that aspect, but I did not. Pregnancy has always freaked me out. Um, and I just, I was like, I, I, I want to so. do all these things. And also I'm selfish. If I start a life with somebody I always thought, well, I want all this time with my future husband, and it feels like all these other families don't have time your together. Your home, and then your children. Yeah, I put them last for a reason. And then the homemaking th maker thing. So, yeah, I mean, because all of my friends were in these huge families, they all were taught to take care of each other. Because, I mean, realistically, it is a, a lot for any mother a lot of work. Yeah. to put in. But the problem was so many of those kids did not, get the same amount of affection or education because they were all homeschooled and so it was kind of like you just went down the line in a chain of command and it was like you took care of the sibling under you below you kind of thing and I mean it varies by family but just from that's a and I'm not even saying that was that definitely went on in some of the families I grew up with to an extent but that's also not as much as it has like in that type of culture but anyway um so I, I did find the idea of being a homemaker. Like I wanted to learn how to cook and clean, which I still greatly enjoy cooking, but I really wanted to learn how to clean and keep house. And once I got older, my mom was like, okay, you can start helping me with household chores, blah, blah, blah. So like once a week I was supposed to mop the kitchen. And I mean, that was just, she was like, you need to learn how to help clean up after you yourself. Chores, like you need yeah. to do shit, you know? But in my head, I was like, oh, yay, I'm starting to learn how to be a future wife and blah, 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 blah. Oh. Yeah. And okay, it, so yeah. <laughs> that was your idea at the time of a future wife. Yeah, it was if that you, you took care if of If you had one. to make a list mm. now of the things that, use the word wife, use the word partner, whatever you want. But right. like if you had to make a list now of the things that like you want to do, the things that would make you a good partner... Mm-hmm. What, how that list, how has it changed? Similarities? Yeah, <laughs> how has it changed? Oh, you had to ask me this. Oh, this is hard. Um, I... Want me to draw a tarot card about it? Yes. Yes. Okay. So. Actually, I'm going to draw from, so we started, did I get you started on you tarot You did. Cards? I have been interested for years, but I was very, like, scared of it and didn't know and but you, yeah, you got me onto it. So, um... Explain for us a little yeah. bit. Yeah, so tarot cards were, like, very taboo growing up because predicting the future is the devil and yada, yada, yada. Um, but I started using them... One of my other cousins actually kind of showed them to me. Um, and I always thought they were interesting. And I started using them as, like, a method of self-reflection and just kind of trying to figure out whatever so like in this case looking at the way expectations of partnership and of yourself in partnership have changed over the course mm. of whatever the 10 years 12 years since you wrote that if yeah. not more um wow That's drawing awesome. a card to kind of just like prompt some thoughts and see if we can get a little yeah so go for it okay so I drew from an Oracle deck, um, which is not like the traditional one. It's made by an artist and, and we'll talk more about how this process can work for you and stuff in a future episode. So don't worry yeah. if you're a little lost right yeah. now, Google anyway, it. Anyway, I drew this card called to the sea Ooh. and it is, I drew it in reverse. So the protection message of it, um, and it's a fairy in a boat like Would drifting on the ocean reading something is mm. reading so i'll take a picture so yeah. you can put it on instagram but yes. um let's see i i'm still learning so i still look at this little book um by the way you can follow us on instagram at dear dot diary podcast <laughs> sure can 
And we will um, post these little tarot cards and whatever else yeah. there. So follow us. Um, anyway. Okay, so the essential <laughs> meaning of the card is being in flow, recognizing how pieces fit together, a natural pattern of events. Yo! <laughs> really interesting. And then in um, reverse, it is talking about Oh, gosh darn it. It's talking about how you're in, like, a natural cycle and you need to, like, relax and trust Lol. where you are, even if it feels terrible. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. That's appropriate, which real... It also says, yeah. this is a... I, sometimes I like what they say, sometimes I don't, but this says um, a saying that goes with the protection message... When fishermen cannot go to sea, they stay home and repair their nets. Ooh, healing. Healing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big thing we're both trying to do and obviously why we started this podcast. Wow. That's, that's in depth. And yeah, a brief update for our listeners. When we filmed our, or we recorded, excuse me, our first episode, I was still living in Mississippi and Annie was living in uh, Texas. And I now moved since that first episode all the way back to Pennsylvania where I grew up. I'm currently in my childhood bedroom reading this entry. <laughs> and I am living with my parents I'm while I commute for a job that is completely out of my comfort zone, brand new to me, that's in New York. And everything is terrifying and overwhelming. But I also am having to revisit this entry and all of these things that we talk about in the exact spaces where I had them. And so that brings a whole new element to this. And so, wow. So, okay. After hearing that, I've got to think here. So I listed, gosh, I listed at least 10, 10 things. So, okay. For instance, I was very specific about appearance on there. You know, we must have blue eyes, brown eyes, blah, blah, blah. Well, clearly... Yeah, yeah. Um, which it's funny because my first boyfriend was barely an inch taller than me, so that's amusing. Um, I definitely do not base those kind of wishes off of appearance anymore because after dating, you know, I've only been in a couple. Like I, I feel like I mean you can't really compare, but I would say for most compared to most people my age, I've haven't dated as much partially because of my upbringing. So I, but my sexuality has become so much more fluid and what I find attractive, like I don't have a type when I date, you know, I've, I kept thinking, Oh, I've got this niche of like what draws me. And there's certain character qualities in a person that can draw me. But when it comes to looks or gender or whatever, I mean, it's just, it's about the energy there. And yeah. so I could never base what I want in Could someone else. Could you imagine if looks. your 12-year-old, if your 12-year-old self's list had been like, I just want to find someone with the right energy. <laughs> I don't care what they look I would, like. I would have been like, I'm a witch! <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I would, yeah. Um, and part of that, so the brown-eyed, blue-eyed thing, that was totally because I had a major boner for Orlando Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> Still do. <laughs> That's where that came he has from. Great energy. He does. He does. Does he have brown and blue eyes? You know, I know he has brown eyes. I I think the girl he he was dating someone for a long time that had a brown and blue eye. But his he has dark brown eyes and brown hair. But he had blue eyes when he was Legolas. They put contacts in, and that was a good look too. So, uh, so that yeah. Okay, got it. <laughs> they were like Orlando Bloom or Legolas. He can do it all. He has the range, darling. So yes. Um. <laughs> So there's that. So that's a big difference. Um, I think I mentioned in that list loyalty, which it's funny because I don't think most of my friends would have considered that because not being loyal wouldn't have been an option. <laughs> um, yeah. But that still stands. And whether that loyalty, like to some people, that means they don't cheat on me or, you know, whatever, or, you know, they're there when however things get hard, loyalty. however you define it. And for me, like, I'm... I'm a person, for instance, that's not really op 
I'm not interested in having an open relationship. That's not to say I never would. But where I'm at right now, that's not my personal preference. However, I have zero. We know that lists can change. Yes, and I can evolve, and I'm continuing to evolve. But I'm also, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's clearly not as rigid. Like, I'm sort of like, okay, I, I know that I would want someone now who matches my level of intelligence or is surpasses it that is mm-hmm. that is um causing me to inspiring me to want to create and view the world around me in unexpected new ways that is open to ex- any kind of experience good mm-hmm. or bad in between whatever just very like someone with an open spirit that wants someone who goes with the ebb and flow mm-hmm, that wants to yeah like see the world and get to know people and their stories and all that kind of stuff. And that's something I think that I unconsciously wanted at that age too, because the guy that I liked through most of my childhood, he was very much like that. He was always searching for new religious ideas, trying to understand. And that, so I think that if I was going to say I had a type, that's something that draws me to certain people more than anything else. So that's, but I wouldn't have known how to articulate that. What about you? What What are some One ways thing, you've changed? Well, I know for a fact I have a list somewhere similar to that. Oh, if you find it right now, we should um, do it. I haven't guessed what diary it might be in, but... Pull it up. If I... I haven't written, like, in an actual... I, I write a lot of random notes on my phone. That's kind of my diary these days. But if I had to write an entry now, the way I would start it was go, Dear Diary, life's a bitch and so am I. <laughs> Definitely a different tone. A very, I, I started all my diaries as a dear friend. Oh, that's nice. Were you the friend? Were you talking to yourself as a friend or to a friend no, you didn't no, know? No, the diary, the diary was my friend. Don't they do that in Perks of Being a Wallflower? Like, he's essentially writing out those Actually, letters. Actually, never, I've never read that. But I very much oh, liked the idea to. of um, my diary being someone that I, uh, like, like someone that I talk to. Like, a That's I not like judging, that, that's just listening. Yeah. Yeah, but I like the idea of it being, like, a dialogue. Um Oh. Did you find okay. it? Um, <laughs> She's going, oh, God. <laughs> I found a poem about, um, let's see, 2006. I found a poem about going to high school. And oh, changed. boy. But I, I, I don't. Oh, God. Is it that? I don't, I don't think we need to. I don't think it's related to our current. Okay, episode. but we have it. We'll save it. It could be your next your next entry yeah, if I you need want. To fortify myself before. <laughs> okay. Before I read that one. Oh, but some, um, while you're looking, let me see. I want to go back to my list for a second because I think I, there were some other things that stuck out to me that were different. Um, Okay. Oh, I also said that he must love the Lord with all his heart and love me too. So. Yeah, that was secondary. Yeah. And the reason that was secondary was, I mean, we, that was another thing we were taught. You were never supposed to love anyone more than you loved God. And part now I, I have issues with this now. At the time, I thought it was nice because I was like, okay, if we're trying to love God the most and be the best, like, or, you know, have him influence our lives, that means we're going to love other people better because we love God. Yeah, that's the idea. And I, and I think if it's whatever your religious preference is, I think if you follow it in that kind of way, whatever deity you're subscribing to, that's great however in the conservative christian circles that stuff got twisted and i would see it all the time i would see husband and wives where the wife is clearly struggling or the husband whoever somebody's going through a hard time or you know they're not agreeing with the way the other spouse is trying to discipline the children or handle a situation or whatever 
but they're telling them, well, God told me we're doing this and I listen to you and love God. So this is how it's going to be. It was twisted that way. Like a veto card. Yes, it was a veto card and mostly pulled by the men. And I mean, you see that today in politics, in politics. I mean, God, look at our current government. Everything is operated through. Well, we're listening to, you know, good old Christian values. And anyway, I'm not going to go there because I could go there for days. Um, But you get the point. So I do get the point. So that was now I'm like, I want you to love me most, bitch. No, I'm just <laughs> more than anything else. Not in like an unhealthy way, though. But I guess, yeah, I would want somebody that. But that would be non-negotiable. Yeah, and I think if we just both understand that we're trying to be good people to ourselves and to everyone else, and it in our own way, that is us loving whatever. Right. You know, honoring deity, honoring yeah. whatever spirituality is in our lives. Yeah. So. That's, yeah. that's definitely changed from that entry. Um, well, I'm trying to think of Do your else. friends still have their lists? Oh, yeah. And actually, I was thinking I'm supposed to see two of the two that I mentioned, Katie and Jen, tonight. And I would – they're going to be like, oh, my God, we got a shout-out. <laughs> anyway, um, I should, should get theirs and see if they would yeah. want to share because yeah. – And any of our listeners, like, if you remember – because, I mean – Although this was a very specific process in what I grew up in, there's plenty of people that have just done that on their own. And yeah. I would love to hear what other people... I would love to hear other people's lists. Like, oh my God. Okay, so the guy that I dated, this is great. Oh, fuck, I forgot. This is so funny. So my first boyfriend, he had three things on his list. And I apparently fulfilled all three. And they were so stupid. Like, I love him so much. We're still best friends, but he's dumb. So when I met him... He said that he, well, he had also the tall thing because he's not very tall. Like I said, he's much taller than me. So he didn't want, he was like, I would prefer they not be taller than me, but like, I'll (laughs) deal with it like that. So there was that she had, she had to be pretty. No vague, no description on how just pretty, whatever that was for him. And (laughs) she had to be able to, we were both vocalists. She had to be able to play the piano. (laughs) well, those were those were the three, and now and he was like, and now like we talked about that a few, I don't know when it was, but he was like, wow, I was dumb. Like now I'm like, oh, I needed some like all these other things, but he's like, I'm 18 and I barely dated, and I came to Christian college and was just like, this is what I want in a wife. Like it wasn't even a girlfriend; it was like, this is what I want it was in a, a wife. wife. Yeah, and he knew that he wanted someone that could give him kids, which was. A big reason we actually ended up breaking up, one of the reasons, because I just got to a point where I was like, I'm trying. And that affected our whole relationship. Like that, not like that list that I read, I sort of recreated over the years. I'm sure I have like Tumblr posts or other entries somewhere that are slightly different, but mostly the same. And when we were dating, like he... For instance, he didn't love God more than he loved me. And I felt so guilty about that. Was that like a red flag? Oh, you felt guilty about that? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And like, you know, I wanted somebody, like we were taught that we were supposed to want, that we were supposed to be humble and meek, but also that our husbands would kind of be that way as well, like in very, um, oh, I don't know what the word is, but like all the guys I grew up knowing, aside from the one that I had a crush on, they were all very, like, awkward and meek and, like, stuff. Because, I mean, yeah, because they had absorbed all of this stuff and they had their own shame about things, I'm sure. And so they were very just awkward. And- well, any, any sexual desire you have. Right. And, yeah. And so my, my boyfriend was just like, this is me and I don't give a fuck what you think about it and I like me. And when he would do things, like, I remember we both competed or we sang or we did something. It was, you know, we are singing for school. And he has a beautiful, amazing voice, and um, a lot of it's natural talent, and he certainly put work in. But I remember we, whenever I was told, oh, you should, whenever you get complimented on something, you need to give the acknowledgement to God. So if someone said, wow, you did so well playing the piano at this concert, you, you say, thank you, all glory to God, or something, like, yeah. you know, it couldn't be you acknowledging your own hard work and ability. And I remember he completely turned my life upside down. When somebody like we got in a debate about that because I someone complimented him and I was just like you know you never really you never gave the glory yeah like you don't do that and I mean we heard everyone else doing that I mean it was a Christian school so a lot of our friends did that and I was like why is that and he's like 
because it was my own hard work and merit. Like maybe he made me have a good voice, but I'm the one that put in all the work and did all the stuff. And I was like, you can't do that. Like I freaked out. I was like, my brain was like, like red flag. I have to dump him. Like, Oh my God. Like, so we had all these, the list out. Yes. And so it was like all these things. And like, I felt guilty that we weren't doing couples Bible studies together. Like we actually nearly broke up over that. My roommate was doing that stuff with her boyfriend. And she was like, you guys should be doing this. Like, why aren't you like, this is how, like the husband, the boyfriend, husband, whoever has to be the spiritual leader. There's Mm. the patriarchy again. Still? Yeah. So they, they have to lead you in your spiritual walk as well as themselves. Because you're not capable of doing that shit on your own, apparently. That sounds like a lot of pressure. It is. And so, yeah, we did not, he and I did not fulfill any of these molds, which in retrospect is exactly why I loved him. Yeah. Uh, every, every but person. But at the time, yeah. you were. Yeah. And yeah. I felt so guilty about it. And I took this strength finder test. Um, one of the cool things in my undergrad was they made all of us take this you can like look it up online, I think, and take it. Uh, you might have to pay like twelve bucks or something. But it's a strength finder test, kind of similar to the Enneagram, and it gave you your five top character qualities or like things that you are, you know, are capable of doing or attracted to or whatever. And then there's other ones listed, but you have your top five. And then usually right before you graduate, they have you take it again to see how you've changed, which I think is really cool. Mm. And that one, is cool. yeah, and one of my top fives was individualization, and that meant that I had this way I was attracted just for friends, relationship, whatever teachers, who cares you, I would, all of my friends and people I dated, everyone was incredibly unique. Like I really didn't have, like you didn't see me with a group of people and be like, Oh, they're all the same kind of person. Everyone was very unique and individual in their own way. And I was good at bringing them all together by them all being friends with me. And I still, yeah, and I still have that ability, but now I look back and I'm like, every single person I dated was incredibly individual in their own way. Like no two are remotely similar. Yeah. So I love that about myself now, but at the time I felt, yeah, I felt so much shame about that. And again, was just trying to fulfill the mold. And now I'm like, God, I'd rather, I remember dating him. We decided we had agreed that if I did have kids, there was kind of this compromise we reached where it was like, he, he was like, I know you don't want them now. You might down the line, but I also accept that you might not. But if we did get married, you know, maybe we could have one or two kids. And he was like, I would be chill being the stay at home parent and you getting to go do your career. And like, he was way more feminist actually than I was. I didn't even know what feminism was really until I met him. So, but it was just funny. Cause I was like, you would do that. Like yeah. that's unheard of. growing up and so I was like you would you would be okay with that and he's like yeah and then like that way we can compromise and everything because I told him I said if I ever have kids I'm still like this if I ever had kids I would love them like I know that I you know but I wanted my own life and I wanted the freedom to go where I wanted prioritize that yeah and that was one way that I felt like I could get away with doing that and so that was kind of what kept us going for a long time also because our children would be terrifyingly funny and I would love to watch them exist but yeah so that was kind of how we compromised for a while um until we didn't but there were more than reasons for that too but yeah it that was just crazy to me I was like wow and to me that showed true like because all the other people I grew up with, their husbands, it was like, well, no, I wouldn't stoop to do that. Like, I'm the head yeah, of the no, home. Never. I'm the, it was a pride thing or what they masked as a God thing, but really a pride thing. Yeah. And to me, I was like, what he's willing to do right now is a show of, of love and caring about my needs and my priorities. So and, it wasn't on your list, but it mm-hmm. made your list. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. It would make your... Absolutely. If you had a list today, like what would it be? Um, definitely like, and I say this, but it's also something that I'm not good at um, <laughs> or something that like requires tension in some ways okay. is like continual growth and continual like pushing to grow. Oh, that's hard. <laughs> which is like, it's not comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, I feel like 
I feel like openness to the to the ebb and flow and the understanding that like today could be different than yesterday and mm. year might next year might be different than the year before that and actually not might be will be. Um, that's that's such a mature I'm, thing. Like so many people like don't a, get to that ever. A joint acceptance of that idea and the idea of like okay these things are going to happen but this is the person I want these things to happen with. Yeah. And another thing you said that. Also, means, they have to like cats. They have. Oh, yeah. I'm big. That's a must. I am big about the, the, the cat thing. Yeah. Um, one uh, thing that you said that with the ebb and flow that made me think um, was this was another thing that he, that I've looked for in everybody. And I feel like to an extent, everyone I've dated has accepted but I when I dated my first boyfriend he changed my life in a certain way because not just because it was first love and everything but he said to me I when I would get really stressed out about the fact that we weren't fulfilling the mold he would tell me you know he would always be like well I don't understand why we need to fulfill a mold like we're happy aren't we like I I'm me, you like me for me, and I like you for you. And to me, that was the most foreign concept. Like, with all of my faults and all the bitchy shit I did, and, I mean, he did stuff too, but, like, he loved me faults and all, and he completely accepted that the, that was those were my specific quirks and faults and, and that he could... Part of the deal. Yeah, it was part of the deal, and that was not something... Like, yes, they teach and, you know, you're supposed to forgive and love one another and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, forgive and love one another within a very certain context. Mm. And if you deviate from that, then you're falling away from the fold. You're falling away from God and, you know, you got to be dealt with. And so, yeah, I had so much shame about myself in that sense. And I remember after we broke up, I guess about a year ago, we were talking about our breakup or something. And I said... If you could have changed anything about me mm-hmm. when we dated, or even now as friend, best friends, what would it be? And he said, the only thing that I wished that you could change was the way that you viewed yourself. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. He said he felt like that got in the way and he's like I he said he's like I know that I had certain things that I was dealing with at that time and immature things that got in the way of our relationship too but I feel like the final thing that was the nail in the coffin was the way yeah was the way that you viewed yourself and nothing he that I could do or say helped and he goes and I recognize that it can't be like you have to come to that yourself but he said it made me so sad because I could see all the great things. And he's like, and I loved the ugly parts about you. I loved your horrible temper, even when it turned on me. Like, you know, I yes, accept it. He really wholeheartedly accepted those things. And I don't think I've dated anybody since that has wholeheartedly been all, all in like that. And so that's something that would make my list now that has to yeah. be ebb and flow yeah. and accepting this is who I am. And if you can't handle that, walk away right it's a non-negotiable the have you listened to the savage love cast no um plug it it's a Tell it's us a about love it. advice columnist and one of the things that it's been around for and it's a pod and wait is this a column or a podcast both oh okay he started as a column and he, he okay. started a podcast but one of the things he says a lot is that like as you get older you start to learn what what he calls like the price of admission so, like, there are things, right, that you're willing to compromise and things that you're not. Oh, yeah. My mom's always and, told me that. <laughs> and as you get older, you start to realize, like, oh, like, okay, I'm willing to be in this relationship because the price of admission is whatever, me going out to parties, which I don't like to, you know, like, right, there, there are prices right. of admission that you're fine with, like, yep. and then there are prices of admission that you're just like, nope, that's not one I can do. Yeah, Absolutely. At this point, if you, what would your admission be? Like, what would, could you not handle? I mean, it it totally depends on the person, but I think my price of admission is, like, I I could go so far until I felt like I was compromising myself. Mm. And I, then it's, I like, with whatever that whatever that 
ask was, whatever that thing was, that would be mm-hmm. a price I wasn't willing to pay. But I think if you asked me when I was in, <coughs> like, middle school, if I would be willing to give up who I was to be with whoever I was in unrequited love with, I would have said yes. Yes. Like, uh, I yeah. would have seen it as, like, a privilege. Yes! Oh, my God. I know, like, the Which suffering. Which is problematic. <laughs> the suffering I went through for love. Yes. So, Jane Austen. But also not. Jane Austen was like, like, uh, like, no, I'm an, you're an asshole. <laughs> like, if you listen to, like, romantic songs Period, ever, mm-hmm. the unrequited romantic songs especially are, like, what I wouldn't give to bring you coffee. Yeah. And, I and even, it's like, oh I felt God. that. Uh, you know, I felt that after my last relationship, when I um, broke up with my ex-girlfriend, I remember think. I mean, my first thought was, okay, what's wrong with me? Like, and she very clearly said at the time, because she was moving, that was a big part of this, and she didn't want to do long distance, and she just was not ready for a lot of things. But she, and she straight up said, you were a great girlfriend, you did nothing wrong. But in my head, I was like, I have done everything wrong. And I did, I realized now in hindsight, not, and I enjoyed doing them. Like it wasn't that I changed, I wouldn't say I changed my personality, but there was certain things that I, I think I dialed myself down a little. Mm-hmm. And I think I did certain things. I had like an unconscious checklist, haha, another list in my head of if I do A, B, C, and D, she won't leave. And I'm a good girlfriend. And I'm a good girlfriend. And to me, being a good, loyal, I mean, being loyal is still a very big thing for me, but like being a good person or girlfriend or whatever trumps everything else. It trumps my mental health. It trumps my, and I think a lot of that is the Christianity stuff that's buried in in me still that I'm trying to get out. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I did, I was like, if I fulfill this checklist that she doesn't even know about that I have in my head, everything will be okay. And I can control the situation. I can control the outcome of this. And what I'm learning is you can't, and I'm a control freak, so. <laughs> so that's really fun. <laughs> I I love it. But yeah, and so I think that's my goal. I mean, I'm, I'm, my love life at the moment is a giant question mark. We'll just say that. But Okay, so here's a thought. Yeah, how do we In close summary, this out? In summary. Do you want me to, what about I pull a card for like, what if I do my favorite reading, which is Mind, Body, Spirit? Yes. For the ways you need to fix your nets, so to speak. Yes, I love that. Let's do or that. Or like the energies you should be receptive to. Oh, that's good. Or open to, you know, just like what guidance from the universe do you need in throwing your list out the window? Hell yeah. But, but also being anchored. Let's do um, Okay. So for mind... You got poised, which is like this winged victory woman, like throwing her arms up in joy. Um, That's my endless goal, (laughs) to be poised. I mean, I feel like you're asking the right questions, right? Like you're thinking about these things mentally in a way you haven't before. Mm -hmm. And that that thought process, however unpleasant it is, is positioning you to be ready in a way you haven't been in the past for your relationships, to be ready to be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. So I would read that as like affirmation that like the mental journey you're on is good, even if it doesn't feel good. Yeah. And then your body card is mending. Uh, And it's these two (laughs) girls sitting in a field like, creating this flag (gasps) what if Um, it's us yeah I think I think it's a lot of things I think it's your relationships I think like friendships creating this podcast Mm -hmm. uh finding connections and community where you are but then specifically with mending your body like getting in touch So, like, yoga and Mm -hmm. all the things you've been doing to, like, physically take care of yourself, trying to figure out sleep, trying to figure out all that, I feel like is, should be your focus for your body. Mm -hmm. I agree. And, like, the amount of 
and it's connected to your emotional well-being because right like the more creative and excited you feel the easier it is to sleep and the easier it is to yeah balance my body and then spirit new life and it's this this lady like with wings stretching awake um Wow, that's a very just yeah. all positive reading that I think. That's great. Yeah, a reminder that like the process you're going on is correct. Trusting the process is the hardest thing I think every <laughs> human being has to do, especially when you're an impatient asshole like me. Yeah. And <laughs> the worst part for me is that I feel like I have to learn the same lesson over and over. Because, yeah, life is an like, oh, simple. I get grouchy. I get grouchy if I don't eat and then I'm anxious and I'm grouchy because, Oh wait, I didn't eat lunch. It's like, we knew How that. How many we times? Knew that. Yep. Like, come on. It's, but it's seasons. It's seasons. yeah. Ebb and flow. I'll take a picture of this to send it to you. It's pretty yeah, beautiful. And we will, again, we will put the cards and other stuff on our Instagram and that's dear uh, okay dear dot diary podcast um so yeah we're on Instagram and the podcast is on Spotify hopefully soon on Apple podcasts too I'm still figuring that out but I'm going to share I'm going to put a post on our Instagram and ask our listeners if you would share what do we want them to share again? Lists. Lists. Do you have lists? Of what you wanted in a future partner, spouse, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be that. I mean, it could be in a friend. Or... But if you made any sort of list of that. Type. Yeah. And how, and then sh- if you don't mind sharing how it's changed, maybe next time mm. we can, if you're, we can read some of them. Or... Yeah. Look at some of those. Yeah. We would love. That'd be awesome. Input and thoughts. So. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. Yeah. And, yeah, have a great, it's Saturday, so have yeah. a great weekend. And we Enjoy. And we'll see you soon. Enjoy.